0: this is Marion Russell and you're listening to a portion of the Mummering Tigers series. And this semester we are focusing on movies in the history of Asian diaspora. Have you ever watched the movies The Last Airbender, A Mighty Heart, Breakfast at Tiffany's, or The Dragon Seed? All these films have some form of whitewashing of characters that are either Asian in their source material or are Asian characters that are cast by European actors. Whitewashing is a sensitive word in today's culture, but it is undeniable that Hollywood is notorious for giving minority roles to white actors for reasons of popularity and or money. One case that is particularly disheartening though is what happened in the Academy Award winning 2005 movie production of Memoirs of a Geisha. Although it wasn't necessarily whitewashing that had occurred in this case, but the traditionally Japanese role was given to a Chinese woman, which shows the ignorance of the white director and crew. This film managed to have a mostly Asian cast, but why would they allow for such cultural misappropriation within the same race? And why would a cast that is full of Asians wish to participate in a movie that is notorious for being incorrect about true geisha culture? We will delve into what Hollywood's role was in this movie and why it was produced the way it was. This movie was based off of the 1997 novel by Arthur Golden. Supposedly, Golden was friends with Miniko Iwazaki and had written down many of the tales she told of when she was a Japanese geisha. There was already some controversy brewing around the book because according to a CNN report in 2001, Minioko sued Golden for defamation because of the negative and inaccurate discrepancies in geisha lifestyle that were implemented in the novel and because he had used real people to base the story off of without her permission. There are also plenty of other moral issues surrounding the book, with many critics claiming that Golden has sexualized the practices of Geisha and have participated in Orientalism, because he does use many stereotypical metaphors, images, and ideas of Eastern culture to appeal to Western audiences. Essentially, Many thought he exploited Japanese culture and used exotic imagery to create basically what is known as chick literature with a Japanese twist. However, the biggest problem didn't come from the novel, but the movie itself. Zhang Zi is a beautiful actress and famous for her role in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But she is missing one important facet, playing the role of the geisha. She is Chinese, not Japanese. As I stated earlier, there are many instances where actors and actresses do not fit the ethnicity of the role they are assigned. But in this case, it is even more problematic, but this role is specifically about a uniquely Japanese occupation and role, and it is a part of Japanese history. Geisha culture is an old tradition in Japan, dating from the late 17th century, and has many different, smaller traditions within it, such as playing the shamisen, dance, and tea ceremonies. All of these are exclusive to Japan, Japanese culture, and according to the New World Encyclopedia, there are still 1,000 to 2,000 geisha working today. Therefore, For director Rob Marshall to allow this mistake in casting to slide by was a major mistake, and it shows how little he truly cares about representing Japanese culture. A New York Times article that was released the same day of the movie called this misrepresentation a Chinese-Japanese-Hollywood culture clash, but fails to really pay attention to the discrepancies in the film and how it is blatantly disregarding the Japanese viewpoint. One critic from 2014 mentions how many Americans tend to group Asian nationalities into one, and that white filmmakers do not truly care or bother to notice the differences between different nationalities and groups. This movie is only meant to cater for Western taste and displays the women as meek and tragic, which is a stereotype. Director Marshall even changes the dress to fit his opinion on what modern audiences would like to see, rather than what is accurate. In fact, according to an article by the news outlet, The Guardian, this film is considered to be so anti-Japanese that the Chinese government banned airings of it. Apparently, they did not want to restate many of the misconceptions even the Chinese have about geisha culture, such as that they are prostitutes. So the government decided to keep this film from airing entirely. Essentially, Marshall not only fails at displaying true Japanese lifestyles during the 1920s, He also reinstates many of the problematic factors from the original novel and participates in generalizing Asians by miscasting the leading roles, seeing that the main three geisha in the film are Chinese actors. Now I will be introducing our guest star, Juliana Cifuentes. She is a Latina actress and model, and she recently was cast as Social Climber on the Disney Plus series titled Just Beyond. Juliana has been acting for the past seven years and has had experience with working on all kinds of sets and with various crews. How are you doing today, Juliana? I'm doing great, thank you. I wanted to get your opinion on how casting works in the film industry. Could you describe to me the process in brief? Yeah, sure. So um, basically we start
1: at Casting calls that casting directors send out. If you have an agent, your agent will submit you. If you don't have an agent, you submit yourself. Most of the time we use either Casting Networks or Actors Access. From there, the casting directors will look at your headshots and then they will send you an audition. And that's when you come in again and you uh, get a script, you get a character breakdown, you do the audition, um, put your best work out there, send it in. Sometimes you hear nothing from them, and if you don't hear anything from them, you didn't get the part. <laughs> sometimes you um, get callbacks, which um, makes me basically means you're in the next step of the process, um, and sometimes they'll just cast you from one audition. But it kind of depends on what the directors want, what um, the producers want. For example, for Disney, um, I only auditioned once for the role, but I auditioned previously for another role. Um, and then after that, they told me that they were checking me because Disney has a whole process, kind of like a background check, to make sure that you are Disney approved, which just make, basically means you're not doing anything illegal, you're not going to be <laughs> arrested anytime soon. Um, <laughs> basically, just you're being a good person. Um, and so I basically got background checked. They told my agent um, that that was kind of the situation. And then about a week later, after that, uh, I was told I was booked. So. Um, the process kind of goes for different shows differently or different sets differently. It just depends on what the casting director, producers, and directors want.
0: Awesome! So it sounds like a very complicated, thorough process. Definitely, for sure. (laughs) Now have you ever felt that your race had anything to do with which roles you were cast or were not cast in?
1: I would say yes, um, I mean obviously there's breakdowns for specific characters, um, when writers are considering different, you know, characters in the different movies and shows, they consider different races as well. Um, one thing I will say though is that me and my brother are both actors, so there's been times where he's been cast as a gangbanger. Or a gang member, <laughs> um, oh. and or well, he auditioned for one, and uh, it was for Hispanic players and actors. Mm. Um, whereas you know, for me, it's like basic Latina roles, where you know mm. you're you're pregnant or not in school, or it's mostly playing oh. into those stereotypes. Mm. Um, so it's not always <laughs> the best roles to audition for. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's sometimes what you only have. Um, on top of that too, I mean, sometimes there's open calls and Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you're looking for someone who's white, black, and also Hispanic all for one role. Um, for example, for a social climber role, they weren't really wanting any specific ethnicity. I don't remember. Um, Mm -hmm. so they just kind of went with whoever they liked the most.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Now, Without any context, what do you think of a Chinese actor taking the role of a traditional Japanese character? How do you how do you view that situation? Do you think there's anything problematic there? I definitely think so. Yes, that is slightly a little bit
1: problematic because um, obviously Chinese and Japanese, while they do seem similar, they are not the same. Yeah. Um, their cultures are different. Dress is different. Just everything is different in little ways. Um, mm. And it's like saying that, like, German people are the same as (laughs) French people. So I think um, definitely I would say casting that kind of role as Chinese when you're looking for Japanese people is very problematic. Mm
0: -hmm. And how do you think, or why do you think Hollywood chose to make this decision? Do you think it was purposeful? Do you think they were just not considering it? Do you think they were ignorant? Or do you think they were playing more into the just grouping all Asians into one? Um... That is
1: a very good question. Um, most of the time, casting directors, they usually pick the best actor yeah, um, or the actor that has the most following. Uh, so it depends on who that actor is, if that person, you know, was in roles previously. Basically, like if your resume shows that you are an experienced actor, it will also push you a little bit forward. Mm-hmm. Um The possibility could have been that there was no Japanese actors at the time Mm -hmm. that was perfect for the role, and they had a Chinese actor that was perfect for the role. Mm -hmm. Um, And they may also not have been thinking about it, Mm -hmm. but um, I think it could have been a multiple of things. Um, It's just, like I said, the casting process is very in-depth. You get looked at by directors, producers, casting directors other cast members sometimes um and you do you know different reads so it could have been the chemistry even where if there was a romantic role their chemistry was better um than another person so it really just um it depends on acting and sometimes some sets and productions will prioritize you know ethnicity race over you know acting um at the Mm -hmm. same time some others will do the opposite so
0: okay Well, thank you for talking with me today, and I found that very enriching to learn some more about casting with you. Absolutely no problem. Thank you. So we've discussed the content issues, the casting issues, and the general acclaim and controversy surrounding this film. Does this mean it's entirely bad? Not so. There are some bits of culture that are thoughtful, and there is an attempt at educating Western viewers about some of the facts of geisha culture. However, what always prevails is money. What will readers want to see in here? A spicy story about a beautiful girl who is sold into servitude and ends up having to sell her virginity and deal with a bunch of drama in her love life and has rivals that are willing to do anything to ruin her? Or would you prefer the realistic tale of a geisha? It's all about the appeal to viewers, and ultimately, the core of this story and the lengthy history of the geisha lifestyle is shortened to a drama Japanese lifestyle is misrepresented by a cast of mostly Chinese women. It's sad, but at least there was an attempt at informing the world the true ways of a gay